So the question is, how does one create, build, and protect and multiply your wealth in a global interconnected economy where change is happening rapidly and constantly and financial markets are rigged to benefit financial institutions and enrich corporate insiders? I've made it my mission to uncover how you can create, protect, and multiply your wealth in any economy and have interviewed the top investors and wealth experts for over three years. I share what I've learned from them and continue to learn on my journey. I'm MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Investing Secrets. Hello, everyone. MC Lobsher, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Cashflow Investing Secrets podcast. This is the show where cash is not king, cashflow is king. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at cashflowninja.com. Over 850 episodes tools, resources, programs, and you can grab a copy of my book, The 21 Best Cashflow Niches at cashflowninja.com or on amazon.com. When you do, please screenshot a proof of your purchase. Send it to my team at info at cashflowninja.com and we will give you access to a digital version of the book, an audio version of the book, a curated library of Cashflow Ninjas discussing the niches I share in the book and more bonus goodies. If you haven't signed up for my newsletter, you could do so at cashflowninja.com forward slash subscribe. I share everything that you need to know what's going on at the Cashflow Ninja and provide valuable, powerful information weekly. I write the emails myself um, that would be extremely helpful for folks that want to protect and build wealth during the Great Reset. So let's jump into the crypto crash and why the crypto crash is actually a good thing. Now, we've covered the cryptocurrency and blockchain technology space since 2016, I've interviewed many guests on my show talking about cryptocurrencies, blockchain technologies, NFTs, and of course, the metaverse. If you want to catch up on all that information and knowledge we have shared, it's available at cashflowninja.com. There's been many community uh, members that have been active in the crypto space, uh, some of them as far back as 2011. So we've got a very big part of our community that have been participating in this space for a while now. To all of you, you're probably smiling as I say this, you know that this is absolutely nothing new. You've seen a crypto crash before. You've seen the reaction to the crypto crash, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. The media proclaiming crypto is dead. You've seen it all before. For our community members that are that is new to the space, and this is your first crypto crash, well, <laughs> this is sort of your rite of passage, right, of the space. Um, you're going to see many more of these. When you have a small, a very small market, like the crypto market relative to other markets, and you have a ton of capital coming into that market, the result is the valuations of assets in that market skyrocket. And that is what has made it so attractive for a lot of people, because there are people that participate in this space, and they get multiples, big multiples on the capital that they've deployed into the space because of all the other capital that's flowing in there. Now, when capital flees a small market again, relative to other markets such as crypto, well, what happens? You see a plummet of valuations of asset in that space. Um, that And it's it's a very volatile market because it's so small. It'll continue to be volatile um, for, for a while because you're still early. 
as many times as I've said this, the more I say this, the more people think uh, I'm full of it. <laughs> no, you're still very early. Hence the sharp crashes, severe pullbacks, uh, and uh, yeah, corrections in this space. You're, you're still early. So let's take a look at this crypto crash. What caused this? Now, there are many outside factors that impacts the world that we live in and impacts crypto as well. So there's a lot of things happening um, in the global economy that is impacting crypto. Two things, for example, uh, is monetary policy, which is set by central banks in the country that you're living in. You're in the United States, for example. Uh, we had the Federal Reserve Bank raise interest rates, change in monetary policy. They started to tighten, meaning less liquidity uh, coming into the economy and actually liquidity leaving the economy. And they've also stated that it is their goal to raise rates more and tighten more. The second thing is uh, government policies, whether it be just policies in general, whether it be fiscal policies with regards to, to the, the financial side of, of the government. Everything that governments are doing right now is the complete opposite of what they should be doing if they wanted to create an environment to spur economic growth or just keep the economies afloat and or create an environment for entrepreneurs and business owners and investors to thrive in. So they're doing the complete opposite. Those are the two big things. We could do an entire episode just breaking down the, the uh, factors that's not even inside of the crypto space that contributed to this crypto crash. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Francis Hunt. He is the market sniper, the crypto sniper, the reset sniper. He's got three channels on YouTube. He's got one channel on Odyssey called the market sniper. He does an incredible job of breaking down exactly how outside factors and what's going on in uh, with regards to central banks, governments, the global economy, and all other markets and how that impacts crypto. So check him out. It's Francis Hunt. He's been a returning guest on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. Uh, just an absolute, incredible, insightful uh, guy that brings a ton of value uh, to all of um, the listeners and viewers. Every time he's on the Cashflow Ninja, and he does so on his own platforms as well. Um, now let's get to the crypto space. So I've shared with you, there's outside factors that have contributed to what's going on in crypto. Um, I also wanted to share that crypto is also a very liquid, meaning it's easy to sell. You can go online, log into your account and sell Bitcoin and get cash to float your business, to pay your mortgage, your rent, and you know pay for all the living expenses that your family needs. Equity markets is the same thing. And you've seen equity markets sort of pull back um, because of the other two factors that I just mentioned. Um, but equity markets is also very liquid. You could sell stocks pretty, pretty easily uh, to get cash, to float your business, to pay your mortgage, your rent, you know, and pay for your uh, living expenses for your family. So it's easy, it's easy to sell. Sometimes people need to sell great assets because they're forced to, not because they want to, right? So I just wanted to put there that, that little point um, uh, 
uh, into this conversation as well. Because sometimes, even though you're the biggest believer of, like, let's just say, Bitcoin, you are drinking the Kool-Aid, you are all in on the, the, the future of Bitcoin and the future of money. But now all of a sudden, the economy is worsening. You have to sell some of that Bitcoin, be, not because you want to, but because, you, because you're forced to. Okay, let's put all of that aside. What happened in crypto? Well, in crypto, there are uh, a handful, really a handful of cryptocurrencies, which, which are projects that have essentially moved from being speculative to having utility value, functional value. For example, Bitcoin has utility value because you can move a very large amount of capital from one person to another without an intermediary, like such as a bank um, and, and or a third party. So it has utility value. Ethereum is also getting to a point where it has utility value because of smart contracts and the capabilities of creating smart contracts uh, and building out essentially an ecosystem on uh, the blockchain of, of Ethereum. So it has some sort of utility value. Then there's a third um, coin that is moving from speculative to utility value. And that could be a stable coin. Now, stable coins are coins that mimic the price behavior of other assets. You have some stable coins that mimic the price behavior of gold. And then there's stable coins that mimic the price behavior of um, the US dollar. A very uh, popular coin is USDC, which is just like a US dollar coin, um, which is used as a stable coin. You also have Tether. And then also, you have uh, UST, uh, which I'll get to in, in a second. But why, why is there a need for stable coins in the crypto space? If, if, you're, if this is your first time that you're hearing about this, you might be like, but why do I need that? Wouldn't I just be better off to just have cash? Well, the crypto markets need liquidity and stable coins provide liquidity. So sometimes you have large traders, um, whether it be whether it be individual or institutional, that are looking to trade cryptocurrencies. So you can move your fiat currencies, let's just say US dollar, and move that into a stable coin such as USDC and move it onto an exchange, then set your trades, like set, for example, a buy position um, and, and, and place a buy order. And then when it hits that, your price, the USDC is converted to Bitcoin. And then you can also set a sell order or sell position. And when, let's just say, the a Bitcoin goes up and hits that particular price, you can, it can then trigger your sell and the Bitcoin is then converted back to USDC um, instead of being converted back to uh, just another other coin like Ethereum. So it provides liquidity for traders on exchanges and also provides liquidity on other on, on lending platforms. We've talked about in our community a little bit about lending, about staking, about yield farming. Um, there are some people that have been investing, as I mentioned, um, uh, and participating in the crypto space uh, since 2011. So let's just say that you got into Bitcoin under 500 bucks. It ran up as high as almost uh, very high in the 60,000s, right? But you want to, um, you essentially uh, take some profits. 
without triggering a taxable event. Well, how can you do that? Well, you can place Bitcoin as collateral on a lending platform. They are centralized and decentralized, but let's just say you do it on a centralized one. You place your Bitcoin as collateral, then you get a loan in a stable coin, such as USDC, uh, that is essentially collateralized by your Bitcoin. And then you can convert it to fiat currency to invest in other assets and then you know live, live on if you needed to. So there, there's a demand, is I guess what I'm trying to drive home here, for stable coins. Um, now, in the crypto space, there was a project headed by Terra Labs. And Terra Labs is known for their coin Terra, which the ticker is Luna. So a lot of people know about that. They also had a stable coin, which is UST. That's their ticker. And it's it, it mimics the price behavior of, of, of US of US dollars. Now, what essentially brought about this massive buzz was that you could essentially stake UST on a protocol called Anchor, and you could earn just by staking. And when we talk about uh, refer to staking, staking is the process of temporarily freezing a cryptocurrency by locking it up inside of a protocol. You could stake your UST after you converted it, uh, converted your fiat US dollars to UST and put it on the Anchor pl- protocol and earn 20% APY. That became very attractive for a lot of investors in the environment that we are in uh, with regards to the interest rate globally. Think about it, where you live. You put your money in the bank. How much is your bank paying? Not a lot. So now you can convert your money into uh, UST, a stable coin, and stake it on the Anchor uh, protocol and earn 20% APY becomes very, very attractive. Now, I have shared with our program members inside of our cryptocurrency uh, educational program, the crypto investing method, that the more exotic investment offerings are, the more weary and the more skeptical you should be because exotic investment offerings is essentially like exotic food. Probably very exciting at the time that you're consuming it, but you have no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. This created quite a buzz in this particular, um, around this particular project, so much so that UST became the fourth largest stablecoin in the entire cryptocurrency space and became the largest decentralized stablecoin. So it became a project where a ton of capital was flowing into. Um, to give you also just some uh, just some perspective here of how popular this, this, this uh, project became, Luna, which is the ticker for Terra, became one of the most staked cryptocurrencies. It overtook Ethereum and Solana, according to data that we pulled from uh, a source called Staking Rewards. And Terra which the ticker is Luna, became the crypto's second largest DeFi ecosystem after Ethereum. I mean, it was quite a rise that this project got. Well, it turns out that it was all fraudulent, all fraudulent, uh, because essentially stable coins have to have the a- assets uh, uh, as reserves 
uh, of the essentially the asset of which the price it's mimicking. Um, and it turns out that this project with Terra Labs was a complete fraud. Again, we could do a whole episode just on that part. But for just for uh, from a from a discussion standpoint, massive, massive fraud. Now, for folks that have been in the cryptocurrency space for a while, this is not your first fraud. Uh, you've seen many, many frauds. Uh, you will, you know, that you're going to continue to see frauds. And the same thing for the new people in the crypto space. If this was your first fraud, this will not be your last one. You will see many more because essentially, um, the, just in my worldview and paradigm, in my opinion, 99% of all the projects are frauds. There's literally a handful of projects in the crypto space which actually have gone from speculative to utility value. So most of them are speculation. Just think about it, uh, the crypto space, the same way that you would look at the tech space in the early 2000s, right? Most of it turned out to be frauds and they all went to zero, almost all of them. But you had your Amazons and you had your Googles uh, amongst all of the uh, fraudulent projects, the same thing here. So this is good to know that if you're going to participate in this space, 99% of all these projects are frauds and scams. It's going to be 1% of them, maybe a handful that are not. And they actually do something. They have utility and they have functionality. They provide a solution to that space. Um, so I think that is something that should definitely, definitely be understood here. So to recap, why did we have this massive crash? Well, there's outside factors. And again, my friend Francis Hunt gives a great analysis of all these outside factors. And then you had factors inside of the space, which was a massive fraud with regards to Terra Labs that was exposed. And it essentially blew up uh, the, uh, the crypto space. Um, so it was a double whammy, essentially. Now, what should people in the crypto space be thinking about right now? I'm going to share with you some of my best insights and thinking right now how I see this. Here's a couple of thoughts. I'd mentioned that this will not be your, this will not be your only crypto crash. You're going to see many more of these. This will not be your only crypto scam. You're going to see many more of these. 99% of crypto projects are scam. You're going to have a handful of them that are not scam. A handful of them have gone from speculative value to actually utility uh, value. If we think about this big picture wise, right? Let's look at the fundamentals quickly on the crypto space. Um, let's think about a big picture wise. So um, cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies will disrupt every single business around the world um, as they penetrate every single industry and niche. Nothing has changed with that fundamental outlook on it from my perspective. Um, also, the big, of course, the big leader in this space is Bitcoin. So has anything changed for Bitcoin? Has the fundamentals of Bitcoin changed? No. Has it weakened? No, it's actually gotten stronger. Right before this crypto crash, a massive announcement was made by Fidelity, where they actually came up with a product um, that would give their investors and people in retirement accounts exposure to Bitcoin. That is 
huge. That was huge news that never made it made it uh, to to uh, to media outlets because they love the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I mean, that's they're in the. I call media these days fear factories. They're fear factories. So yeah, so you had that huge announcement, which actually strengthened the fundamentals of of, of Bitcoin. So um, the fundamentals has not changed; it's gotten stronger, you know. And if you want to think of it from a, a, a from a investor's perspective, uh, we are in a probability game, right? There's we look at the probability of outcomes, and one of the probability of outcomes, which is a pretty safe bet to be to bet on, is the probability of 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 greed that the greed that wall street had and have and betting on wall street's greed now other players in wall street's going to see that fidelity created a product which will give investors exposure to bitcoin inside of retirement accounts and the fees are much harder than or uh, um yeah higher than in other products that they have so from my worldview and paradigm, I look at this and say, well, other Wall Street firms are going to see this and they're going to look at this and go, are you kidding me? We could create a product that gives investors exposure to uh, Bitcoin and we could charge more for that. That's a no-brainer. That's betting on Wall Street's greed. When that happens, there's going to be other players creating products that will give investors exposure to Bitcoin. It's, it just will happen. Is the adoption going to slow down because of this crash for Bitcoin? No, it's not. Um, has the utility value changed? No, it's not. You could still move a large sum of capital from one person to another person without an intermediary. Has the coding changed? No, it's not. There's only 21 million coins. There's only one 20 mo- 21 million coins. Um, so really, essentially, nothing has changed fundamentally. Fundamentally, in that industry, nothing has changed. Um, another uh, idea that I also shared is counterparty risk. So here's what you should be thinking about right now as, a, as, a, as someone participating into this space. I did an entire episode about counterparty risk. Counterparty risk is when there's a contract or an agreement by two parties, the risk of the one party not fulfilling on their obligations that was... Um, codified in the contract is the is the risk and hence the counterparty risk. Now we're operating uh, in a world where there's a lot of counterparty risks we, and we have to analyze all these risks as investors. You have to. So right now, because we don't know how essentially how deep the fraud goes of this Terra Labs, we don't know the exposure of all of the exchanges, uh, platforms, whether it be centralized and decentralized, we don't know. We don't know yet. So uh, if you have any coins on exchanges, I would think of taking them off there, ASAP. That's what I did. I, I And I've, I've shared this in our program, never ever to keep your coins on exchanges, not your keys, not your coins. Take them off the exchanges and have the keys to your coins. Then you own them. Otherwise, you don't. The exchange does. And we don't know what what is happening behind the scenes with exchanges. Coinbase, fun fact, just changed uh, their uh, user agreement, which essentially allows them to bail in on people holding their coins there, the same as as a bank would. 
Celsius, which is a centralized landing platform, also just did that. Why would they do that? There's obviously something going on that we're not aware of and that we're not privy to. So I would take the counterparty risk off the table. If you have coins on exchanges, get them off and get them off as quickly as you can. That would be would be my uh, would would be my advice, not to be taken as financial advice. Uh, and everybody here in our community own, owns their own outcomes anyway. They take responsibility for their own actions. But that's what I did. Take uh, you should probably be thinking of taking coins off, whether it be centralized or decentralized lending platforms because we don't know in how much uh, how much trouble they're in so whether it's blockfi whether it's celsius whether whether it's some other uh centralized or decentralized lending platform there's a massive counterparty risk now for you having your coins on those platforms now some people might be able to stomach that i i don't um i wouldn't be able to stomach that so you should probably think of taking, taking those off of exchanges and off of uh, platforms. Um, and then here's a great exercise to do is thinking about what drives most people. It's either fear or greed. So what motivated you, uh, you know, over the, the past six months and over the past years um, or for the time that you've been participating in the crypto space? With a sharp pullback, such as what we just had, a crash, how was your emotions? If you freaked out and got nauseous, you probably had too much allocated to uh, your, your, or to, well, to the crypto space. Um, if you have an overall holistic strategy with a diversified portfolio, and I've shared that inside of our diversified portfolio, we have cash, we have metals, we have a cash flow portfolio, and then we have a growth bucket in which the cryptocurrency and blockchain technologies portion falls. Um, if you were overexposed in that growth bucket, you probably got nauseous and, and, and freaked out. Um, and you probably had more in that bucket than you could afford to lose. Um, and then also, you know, be honest with yourself. Did you get sucked into any scams? Because maybe because of the greed, right? Because of the exotic investment offerings. Um, did you end up uh, using leverage, which could have been very destructive? There, there's probably a lot of people that got hurt on leverage. Did, did you get greedy and use leverage? You know, do some, some, uh, some analysis on your own investor behavior. Um, did you take any profits along the way? Or did you just keep reinvesting? Did you, as my friend Francis Hunt said, did you chase the pumps in crypto, meaning the spikes in, in prices? Um, you know, we want to buy low and sell high. Did you continue to chase uh, prices that, that, were, that were rising and increasing of certain coins? Great time to do some self-analysis and to do some self-reflection. Um, you know, opportunity right now, some thoughts on that, my best insights and, and thinking. I see an opportunity of a lifetime, you know, in the, in the next couple of weeks and months to accumulate essentially 
um, let's just say Bitcoin at fire sale prices. Everybody loves Black Friday. Everybody loves it. They People go out and buy stuff that they don't need because it's Black Friday. It's on sale. But when it comes to assets such as Bitcoin, people freak out and panic and fall into the depression. I see an opportunity of a lifetime for investors because here's what the professionals do. The professionals buy low and they sell high. And when certain asset classes enter bear markets, that's when they accumulate. They don't accumulate when, when, um, when the val- value uh, values start taking off of these assets that they want to purchase. And then they essentially chase these rising prices and buy and buy and buy. And eventually they buy more at the top and then it crashes. No, they buy when, when, when there's a bear market, when prices have come down tremendously, when, there was a, when there's a crash and when it's bottomed out. Now, when does it bottom? Great question. You know, here's my opinion. My opinion and the way that I see this is that there's more pain ahead for crypto. And here's why I think there's more pain ahead. We don't know how big this fraud was and who, how many projects were exposed and how deep the fraud goes. Uh, we're still in the early stages of this. So um, I would not be surprised if there's a further sell-off in crypto over the next weeks um, and months. I would not be surprised at all. I have a feeling my spidey senses are telling me that there's more fraud to be exposed. Um, there's usually when this big of a fraud is exposed, um, and there's been a lot exposed already in this this project, there's usually other, uh, there's other frauds and scams that's going down with it. Um, so we'll see. My, my best thinking and insights right now is that we see a, we see more, a further pullback, we see more sell-offs, and then it'll bottom out. Um, you know, is it now a time to start accumulating? People can start accumulating now. They can wait until it hits rock's bottom. Nobody can time a market. But essentially, you know, one of the things that I'm looking at is to see how this plays out over the next couple of weeks um, and then start accumulating again. I think that bear markets are a phenomenal time to accumulate. This is actually where fortunes are made. Fortunes are made when asset prices crash, you accumulate a lot of them so that when the cycle starts up again and you start to see uh, a lot of capital flows into the market. You're going to be participating. Um, you're going to participating in that that upswing. So, my friends, we saw a massive crypto crash. Big picture, I think this this is going to uh, end up being a good thing for crypto as a whole. And I think that the um, the space is actually going to benefit massively from a fraud that essentially will be flushed out of this ecosystem. Check out everything Cashflow Ninja, cashflowninja.com. And if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, you can do so at cashflowninja.com forward slash subscribe. Until next time, 
Love infinitely. If you are interested in learning more about cash flow investing, I have compiled the 21 best cash flow investing strategies I have come across studying millionaires and billionaires for two decades and interviewing over 500 successful investors and wealth experts. You can grab the 21 cash flow investing strategy secrets at 21cashflowinvestingsecrets.com. That's 21, the number, cashflowinvestingsecrets.com.